Have you heard the parable of the pot roast? It's an old story that I suspect many of us have heard before. A story so old yet so familiar that you might even have heard that it took place in your family. The parable that I learned goes like this. A man is preparing a pot roast for dinner and cuts the ends off before putting it in the pan to roast in the oven. His son, watching him, says, Dad, why'd you cut the ends off the pot roast? He'd seen him do this many times before and finally thought to ask why. And Dad, attention turned to the spicy green beans that were to accompany the roast, says somewhat absentmindedly, I don't know why I cut the ends off. That's what your grandmother always did. Why don't you ask her? So the boy does. He finds Dad's cell phone. Calls, calls his grandmother, and his grandmother answers. And he says, Grandma, why did you teach Dad to cut the ends off the pot roast before cooking it? And his grandmother says, hmm, I don't know. That's just the way that my mom did it. Why don't you ask her? So he does. He calls his great-grandmother. And after some chit-chat, he asks the question. Why do you cut the ends off the pot roast before cooking it? And his great-grandmother is quiet for a moment. And then she says, why are you asking such a strange question? (laughs) And the boy says, well, I was just helping dad make dinner and I saw him cut the ends off the pot roast before putting it in the oven. And when I asked him why, he didn't know and said that that's what grandma did. But when I asked her why she didn't know, and said that that's what you did, so I'm asking you, why do you cut the ends off the pot roast before you cook it? His grandmother, great-grandmother, was quiet again for a long, long time. Long enough that the boy started to get worried. And he said, Gran? And then he heard a sound that was maybe crying, and he was afraid he'd upset her, and suddenly she burst out laughing. Big, huge, full-on guffaw, so loud that it booms out of the tiny cell phone speaker, and the boy's father can hear it across the room. He looks up at the boy as if to say, what did you say to her? When his great-grandmother, on speakerphone now, because the boy wanted to make sure he wasn't in trouble, on speakerphone now, great-grandmother says, oh my goodness, thank you. My dear, I needed that laugh. She says, you must remember that your great-grandfather and I lived in a time that was quite different from yours. Things were different then, and one of the things that was different was that my oven was quite small compared to yours. (laughs) When I cooked a pot roast, I had to cut the ends off so it would fit in the oven. And she starts to laugh again. The boy joins his grandmother in laughter. His father silently returns to the counter, retrieves the ends of the pot roast, (laughs) puts them in the pan in the oven, and returns to his green beans. The parable of the pot roast is a parable about transformation. It is a story of how small things, small things like a question, 
can ripple out to have big impact. The boy, in questioning something that had gone unquestioned his whole life, gone unquestioned for several generations, had done something that sometimes feels impossible. He had transformed something. Transformation is a big word. It is a really big word that we use all over the place these days, sometimes perhaps more than we should. But it's a word that I like because as I understand it, transformation is a complete change. Not just at the level of doing, but at the level of being. When we are transformed, we see the world differently. I like the, tra- I like the word transformation because it is so big, but also because it can be affected with effort as small as the boys asking a question that hasn't been asked in a way that interrupts habits and invites a new story to be written, a story that takes us past where the old story left us. Transformation is also what church is about, changing you and me so that in our transformation we transform the world, interrupting old habits and old stories and setting in motion the writing of a new story, a new story that takes us beyond the old one. So on a practical level, how do we do this? What is the pot roast question that we need to be asking in our lives? Let me give you an example. Let's say I get home after a long day, kick off my shoes, drop the mail on the table, and grab the remote as I'm falling into the couch. Check out into Netflix for the next few hours. Looking at this picture, I am thinking, I've worked hard today, I deserve to check out. And my feelings are in full agreement. I'm feeling tired, wiped out, I'm feeling like I need to escape. And my house is laid out perfectly for me to grab the remote even before I've hit the sofa. My actions are really just following the script that I've followed so many times before that I hardly even need to think about it anymore. This is a well-worn habit of mind and body. And we've all been there. Perhaps that's where you're headed when you get home from church today. (laughs) This habit of checking out when we get home is pretty well understood and accepted. It's, it's no big deal. Unless my doctor told me that I need to get exercise. That if I don't get exercise, I'll likely be dead by this time next year. That from my vantage point on the couch, I can turn my head just a little and see the new sneakers and the iPod armband that I got on the way home from my visit with the doctor, promising with deep devotion that I would run three times a week. I'm stuck. I'm stuck between what I have always done and what I need to do. Now, this isn't actually true, okay? I I won't die in the next year from lack of exercise. But in the story, I am in need of transformation. I am in need of something to interrupt what I have always done 
and create an opening for something new. You know, you know if you've worked with anything like this, that we tend not to shift our practices lightly. Sometimes it isn't as easy as asking a question about cooking a pot roast. Practices, particularly those we've practiced for generations, can be difficult to dislodge. As one of our readings said, practice is always happening. We are always practicing something. We're just not always conscious of what we're practicing. This means that there are a great many things that we practice. If you play a sport or musical instrument, you practice. If you cook, you practice. If you parent, you practice. If you come home, pour yourself a glass of wine, turn on the TV and hit the couch, or pick up the phone to check social media at the dinner table with your kids. These are all practices. And that's why I say that we are always practicing something, many somethings really. In fact, it's fair to say that shaped by our family of origin, our culture, our race, our class, our gender, molded through relationships, that we are a walking, talking cluster of practices. Some of which serve us really, really well, and others, not so much. As our reading asked, are our practices shaping us in the direction of the world that we seek to create, or do they serve to calcify the ways that we think, act, and feel? What are the practices, what are our practices that need some interrupting? In at least one way, we are in the middle of this question right now, you and I. Our society's habit has been interrupted. Our practices have been interrupted by this phrase, Black Lives Matter. Like the boy's question in the parable of the pot roast, Black Lives Matter is a statement and a movement that is interrupting generations of practice and is creating an opening into which we can write a new story. We can write a new story that moves us toward a world in which skin color doesn't confer privilege, in which black lives matter, in which racism is undone, and the system of white supremacy is a story that we tell our kids about how things were and the role that we played in taking it apart. We can write a new story. How many of you have ever written a new story for yourselves? Or in the middle of trying to write a new story right now? Perhaps that's why you're here. I'm writing a new story for myself. Seminary is part of it, but I started writing it about 11 years ago. So you can tell that I'm not a very prolific author. It started not long after my wife and I welcomed our older daughter into our family. What should have been a joyous time for us was marred 
by my trouble adjusting to being a new dad. And by trouble, I mean anger and frustration about not being able to do the things the way I used to, about not getting much sleep, and about my baby not working the way I wanted her to. <laughs> In other words, a whole lot of ego and immaturity. It was, a, it was a difficult time. And after about a year of this, I was clear that something needed to change. I wasn't showing up as the spouse or father that I so badly wanted to be. Searching for a way to shift my thinking, to get a handle on what was going on, I reached out for spiritual practice and walked into a meditation center. And through regular meditation, a whole lot of things started to shift for the better and quickly. The voice of ego, anger, and frustration became much quieter, not gone, but far less prone to being the first place that I went. A small thing, meditation, had interrupted my habit and set in motion larger change. I had started to write a new story. And from this experience, I got curious about if and how spiritual practice might help change other, bigger things. If it could help me change my well-worn habits of mind, what else might be possible? Where else might a relatively small interruption set in motion larger change? That is the question that Black Lives Matter is asking, one of the questions at least. If we can, in our hearts and in our actions, live the truth that Black Lives Matter too, if we can make that true, what else can we do? What kind of change ripples out from making good on the promise of each person being treated with inherent worth and dignity? And on a more personal level, where could you use some interrupting? Where do you see yourself in the parable of the pot roast? Are you the father or grandmother? The great-grandmother? The boy? Is there somewhere in your life that you're cutting off nourishment out of habit? Is there somewhere in your life where right now the voice of transformation is singing to you? May the still, small voice deep inside you call to you of your transformation. Sit quietly so that you can hear it singing. Listen for the new story that wants to be written. Listen for your role in making it so. And know that in this, you are not alone. May it be so, and amen.